0: Hi everyone, welcome to Of Bajor, episode 7. Today we'll be covering the episodes Battle Lines and The Storyteller. I'm Douglas, aka Hadercles and with me, of course, are Roger Clark and Wrangle Island.
1: How's it going?
0: Hey. So, first up is Battle Lines.
1: Kai Opaka, the the spiritual leader of Bajor, comes to Deep Space Nine to take up Commander Cisco's offer for a tour of the station and apparently she's never left Bajor and she's I guess really excited to come up here and instantly agrees to go with Cisco through the wormhole. It seems like kind of an extreme move after she hasn't really left the planet or whatever. But anyway, they they end up crashing on a moon that's like, you know, pretty close to the wormhole and basically the moon is a prison colony for these two warring factions who are kept alive using this mechanical nanite technology and they're you know they they die and they come back to life based on this technology and basically the DS9 crew has to find them on this planet and th- there's there's more to say about it but might want to start talking about it
2: uh yeah that basically sums it up i think uh so next up would be the storyteller uh o'brien it's like a it's like a it's like a anti-war like the futility of war thing right like uh they're fighting something for so long they don't know why they're they, they don't remember the the reason for it anymore and uh but but they just keep doing it anyway, even though it accomplishes nothing. Especially because they all can't die.
1: Yeah, so clearly it's some kind of allegory. You know, they're 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 trying to say don't fight wars because
0: they'll never the die. The reasons
1: for them starting don't really matter to the people who are fighting them. Blah blah blah.
0: I wonder if it would be a more effective anti-war episode if they had died, because typically that's one of the bad things about wars is that. You know, <laughs> die in it, and it's also, I think, when the main <laughs> reasons against war. You know, one reason people don't like wars is because they're afraid they're going to die in it. So, I really, I think that's one of the biggest, you know, points for the anti-war cause is that you know you may die. So, I, I think me was a little error to take. It, I don't know. I think me was an error to make an anti-war episode where you couldn't die.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. I I, I don't know why that didn't occur to me, <laughs> but yeah, it's. It's, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I, I, I get what they were going for, where they were basically, yeah, like like I just said, they're trying to illustrate the pointlessness of it. And the idea of sentencing some people to eternal torment, where they die over and over again, it's kind of reminds me of, you know, what's, what's what's his name that in the Greek myth, where the vulture comes and eats its liver oh, every Prometheus. day. Yeah, Pr- Prometheus. I was thinking Sisyphus. I no, guess that's not a, a punishment.
0: He's the rock guy. He's the guy who has to push up the rock, but it always falls back down. Yeah,
2: it's pretty similar. Yeah, they only had so many ideas back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and apparently now too. Yeah, there's really only a, a few different stories you can tell.
0: Yeah, I like this app. I think it's probably one of the better ones we've seen at this. We've seen so far. Would you guys agree? There
1: are parts that I liked about it. I, I liked Mike trout. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Mike from
0: Breaking Bad is in it. He... Yeah, I, re- I was actually until a few, I don't know, like a, when I first saw it again a few years ago, but I realized that I realized, oh hey, that's Mike. Yeah. You know, because I was like, hey, it sounds like, because obviously, like when I first saw it, you know, Breaking Bad hadn't been on, so of course I wouldn't have recognized him. So it was only like after that if I like, rec- hey, kind of sounds like him, and then I looked up and like, oh, it is him. So this is like, I guess, obviously before his. Breaking Bad. Well, I guess he would already gotten a the actor, had already gotten an, an Emmy nomination for a show. I don't know of called Wise Guy in the eighties. Uh, I've I've never.
1: I've probably heard of it, but I, I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, I haven't. He was in it, so could it, so it must have been at least a little good. Yeah, he's always good. But yeah, I think he does a really good job as um what was his name again? I don't actually remember his name. Let's call only... oh, Mike.
2: <laughs> the factions are the Ennis and the yeah, Noel. Yeah, I remember Ennis. that. Uh, yeah, I guess well, it's
1: like...
2: Let's just call him Mike. Since that's they're right like we're... the fascists and the
1: anti-fascists. Yeah. <laughs> or the good guys and the bad guys. Just like them, guys. they're
0: exactly alike with no moral... superior, With none having moral superiority or other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Exactly the same.
2: And uh, good, good guy Cisco is there to denounce the violence on both sides.
1: Even though they can't die. Yeah. So <laughs> violence
2: doesn't really matter. Yeah, if they stopped shooting each other for like a month, then they could like not live in a in a hovel cave. <laughs> but whatever, because apparently they have the energy to to keep building guns, so they could probably like. Yeah, where where do the
0: guns? Come from the
2: yeah,
0: or at least the bullets. I mean, they may have brought in some with them, like maybe. Or yeah, but them... they need a, some kind of energy source. If
2: they've been here for eons, I, I don't know. I thought it was weird they still had uh, like phasers. Are they yeah, or phaser-esque weapons.
1: Yeah, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I mean, you you, they could get away with using the spears or whatever. You yeah. know. I don't know. Well, maybe the nanites do that too. Well, you know, I'm I'm sure the people who set this up thought of everything. Was it the just Dominion? Gotta... Do you think it's the Dominion? Hey.
2: Well, it doesn't seem like a very Dominion thing to do. Actually, I think if the Dominion had nanites that yeah. could just bring you back to life, they would use them. So,
1: it's probably <laughs> not. Yeah. It it seems kind of weird that they wouldn't because I mean I don't know. There's there's so many things about that particular issue where, like, this moon is not really very far away from this wormhole. And, I mean, just, just the layout of the space, I, I always try to imagine it, and it's like that this was like 0.35 light years away from the wormhole, and there was a system that was close to the wormhole that they've already visited. There's like another species that's, you know, not too far away. The the, the guys with the what are the... the the red faces, they're not too far away. Like, why is it that this nanite technology is not just all over the Gamma Quadrant? Yeah, the,
2: Im, the, Im, the immortality nanites? I don't know. They're only yeah. used for punishment to put people in, in hell. They're not used for any constructive purpose.
1: Did they mention the Dominion yet? I think they yeah, did. Yeah,
0: no, they haven't mentioned the Dominion. That's in season two. So, pursuing the Dominion space, it's not like... It's still a while, because it t- seems to take them a while to, like before like first before they our heroes like start hearing about them and then also for the Dominion it seems like because it doesn't seem like they know about there's I don't know I don't think they impression I get they don't know about the wormhole during season 1 or at least not during at this point because by hmm. they don't act till the end of season 2
1: yeah that makes sense still though i mean the the immortality nanites i mean maybe 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 they came from the people who originally became the Borg. Who knows?
2: Even Bashir doesn't seem interested in, like, finding out how they work. He just wants to shut them down. He's like, oh, if I could figure out a way to deactivate the nanites, they could all die. But it's like, you should figure out how to make those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a doctor.
1: <laughs> well, he's pretty excited about when they first get there. He's like, oh, this this could be a breakthrough of epic proportions or something.
2: I like how they don't want to invite Bashir on the ride. It's, it's funny, it was funny. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing anything important.
0: Yeah, and then in the next app, it's storyteller O'Brien doesn't want him to go with him either. Yeah, everyone hates Bashir
2: in season one. And <laughs> Except for Derek. Yeah. Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I guess I didn't notice it the first time through, but I really like Bashir, season one Bashir, this time through. He's, he's, he's funny.
1: Yeah. It's, it's good to have an outcast.
2: The other funny thing in this episode I like is that uh, Kira is mad that the Cardassians don't think
1: she's an important terrorist. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: Um, yeah, she's mad. Yeah, they're, they're reading, like, Gold uh, journal or whatever. <laughs> her her, pro, her profile on, like, w- wiki wiki terror. The
2: Cardassian, yeah. <laughs> Wikipedia. I
0: feel like Gold Well, he probably took the... His report on Kira, I've sur- I'm just saying, I probably... Well, he probably, like, had one that he submitted to, like, official records, and one he probably kept for himself.
1: Because of all the involvement that he has with his her mother later Oh, uh, well, on. I was thinking,
0: like, how horny he was. Like, he talked... <laughs> like, I don't know, like, watching it, you think he maybe he took... Out- oh, I have to take that part out. Like, he started describing her body, like, her. Or-
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like a ducat thing to do.
0: Which I guess hadn't been... I don't think that's been established at this point, but... Dukat is horny for Kira
2: I don't think so
0: yeah we
2: actually I think don't the first the first time that happens is when the one where they're trapped on the station
0: oh with, yeah with Dukat yeah whenever is is that this season no that's season three okay three yeah I think that is like the first time that we get at least we get mentioned it it's, it's... okay
2: do you think that they would they would talk about uh Kira being a terrorist so much if this was made not in the year it was? If it was made more recently?
0: Yeah, I was, well, I kind of brought that up I remember in the first, that's one of the things that seems to be weird to show because, like, usually, like, when a yeah, I feel like nowadays, if it was made now it should be called a rebel or a um, freedom fighter, which is typically, like, you know, what I feel like, you know, we use, like, if it's if we like them, we're rebels or freedom fighters. If we don't like them, we're terrorists. So it is kind of weird that, but, but yeah, I did find that kind of interesting that Kira is, like, referred, and we have many references to Bajoran terrorism, and it's not, it's used more of the scripture, I guess as a inscription rather than a, you know, epithet or something, and that Kira doesn't, yeah, it's interesting that Kira or any of the others, they don't, like, dispute her. say, I wasn't, like, she doesn't say, oh, I was fighting for my home or anything. She's like, yeah, I'm a terrorist. I did terrorist act.
1: Yeah, they they probably wouldn't say that now, and I, yeah, I kind of wonder what people's reactions to it would be it's it's kind of nice actually to to watch something from an era before 911 where you know you could actually say something like that and the fact that the fact that they say terrorist to describe themselves just kind of describes the idea that you know doing this sort of thing is the same kind of thing, regardless of what side you're on. I don't know. It Yeah. It's nice to, to see to see it from the, the pre 11 political standpoint. It's just nice to see anything from that era.
0: I personally am not much of the thing of theory that you know like shows like really change it media like changes people's minds. I think people kinda of have their own mostly just watch stuff, seek and seek out stuff that is gonna tell them what they already that they know is going to tell them what they already agree with. But I wonder if it would have, been, you know, maybe helpful, like people, like you know, a kid seeing like, oh, one of the heroes is a terrorist, and yeah, obviously not like, maybe they'd think about like when he sees like someone to say, oh, when he sees someone just described as like a terrorist, or yeah, stuff, it, and stuff. I, I like, think maybe it maybe probably would make,
1: him... would make you think, and I mean, I, I I agree with you on the most for the most part that you know people tend to seek out things they agree with and then just you know watch those things or or whatever, but. Also, a lot of times as a kid, you don't really get a choice in what you're doing, and you don't really get a choice in the media that you that you end up getting exposed to. And I I think for me, it, Star Trek was like that, where like people and people in my family were watching it. I I didn't decide to at first, so it just kind of seeped into my head. Like a lot of the Federation ideals like seeped into my mind, and I I probably turned out a lot more on the left side compared to the people around me just because i ended up ingesting so much star trek i don't know
0: yeah it's interesting I,
1: I, I think it's i mean yeah it, i think it true. happens maybe not maybe not as you get older but definitely when you're yeah. a
0: little kid yeah i mean, it's like more of a when you're younger more you haven't like developed your like your whole or because you haven't really like yet to think about like these big issues and stuff so you haven't really developed like what you think about it
2: Yeah, Yeah, like, uh, like I watched a lot of Simpsons as a kid and, like, I turned into, like, a bad boy that, like, skateboards around and uses
0: a (laughs) slingshot
1: and, you know. El Rango. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's just what happens. Video games, you know, I, I I spend most of my time jumping.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I hit a lot of concussions from trying to break, uh, concrete with my skull. (laughs)
1: yeah
0: oh so we also say this is um the second and except for I think she makes a couple of um we see her a couple of times in, like orb experiences or whatever whatever a couple times to- after this this is um the second and last appearance of Kaiopaka
1: yeah she dies and then comes Basically. back to life
0: yeah doesn't I think it's kind of like unique for a religious figure <laughs> I don't think that happens very much to them
2: yeah. uh becoming a zombie
0: yeah. Because I call one of,
2: one of the undead.
0: Atheists on Bajor do. They say, like, oh, zombie Opaka. Yeah. Every time they... <laughs> or Easter.
1: A lot of t-shirts. Posts, on, posts yeah. on Bajor Twitter. Do you think
2: she accomplished anything? Or do you think that she just gets murdered over and over and over and over again?
0: Well, according to the... Again, like, I read in the books, apparently they do, like, revisit her and say that she does manage to... She did manage to, because actually it's actually Star Trek, so they're going to go with the Optimist that she's able to.
1: Yeah. I mean, this this is never, ever mentioned again in the course yeah. of the series, and, even even though Apaka brought, is mentioned.
0: Yeah, and actually, we brought up, like, how close we are. That is kind of weird, because, like, you know, if they never...
1: Oh, yeah, they well, I like, guess they go, have the
0: satellites. The satellites are still an issue, I guess.
1: Yeah, but they can go say hi, or yeah. whatever.
0: Yeah, it does seem like they could, like, since it's so close, they could, like, yeah, arranged range, like, so at least they can talk with her. Yeah,
1: set up a communication relay network or something.
0: Yeah, because just basically to act as if she's dead and gone forever. Like, you know, they point in, like, they don't try and, they don't seem to spend any effort, like, trying to get her back or anything. Or at least if they yeah. do, we don't know. They just go, like, okay, I guess we need a new Kai.
2: Like, one of those weeks where nothing's happening besides, like... They're at Vic Fontaine's, or like, <laughs> and it's like, hey, remember, remember, remember the Pope? Where we left her there. Pope.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. and she's she's gonna be alive forever.
2: Yeah, remember the remember the immortal Pope that we knew that one time we were on that planet <laughs> with them. Ah, uh, whatever. O- Odo needs to go on a date. <laughs> Hold on, we have to construct this elaborate scheme be- for, for Quark to fuck a Klingon. <laughs> That's more important
0: than the, than the planet with immortal nanites. Yeah. We're in a Dominion... Wow, we're sure laying a lot of lies during the Dominion War. Man, if only we had somebody that could, like, give us an advantage. <laughs> oh, well. We have to go... Oh, well. Jake and Dog are having a fight. Better go resolve all that.
1: Yeah, so they they leave her behind, they leave everyone else there, and really, that's the end of the episode. There's, there's like, I don't even know if there's really a lesson to be learned here, because nothing nothing really gets resolved, other than Nikai staying behind to hypothetically do something later on.
2: Uh, the moral is that war is bad, violence is bad but you can be personally absolved of your uh, sins by the Pope, essentially. No one else. Because that's what happens with Kira, and then she stays there to do it for everyone else.
0: (laughs) Sorry, that's my um, favorite part of the episode, I think. Her, you know, the scene between them and her, like, tear game with her guilt about what she did during the, you know, during, in the Resistance. I think that's a really good scene. Both of them, I think both actresses do very well in it.
1: Yeah, it was good. Also, Kira just like basically showing up and you know going into terrorist fighter mode and just kind of instantly barking orders that's that's pretty cool.
0: You know, ranting at Mike about what a bad job he's doing, like, there should have been like, <laughs> yeah. guards at the door, and then him just pointing out, Well, we're all dead, so there really seemed to be a point. <laughs>
2: Uh, we used to do that, like totally. Um, Yeah, we just like we're too cool for it now. But yeah, we did used to do that Um, a long time ago, like way before you even. So yeah, it's not a big deal.
1: Whatever. I mean, if, yeah, of course they, of course they used to care, you know. I don't, I don't know if I have much to say about the rest of it. it it's, it seems, it seems like it's an okay episode. I, I, wonder, I wonder why. why th- they decided to kill off kaiopaka like this.
0: Oh, well, per memory alpha, I guess they had the concept and originally it was going to be like just a generic new, you know, red shirt, but they said, "Well, it better if it's like someone we know." And I guess they figured a very, very recurring character is like kaiopaka was the most expendable. I
2: th- I read that too and I thought it was weird cuz I assumed it was the plan all along since they introduced kaiwin
0: later. Yeah, I read it, well. it works out very well and that it you know, but I guess maybe
2: for... they didn't
1: plan, but Kai Wen's a much better character.
0: Yeah. So.
1: Yeah, she's she's. I I really like Kai. Well, I think, Kai Wen.
0: I yeah, I like Kai pocket too, but I think like from a storytelling like having um having like the the Kai be like kind of relatively hostile with, rather than like you know Apaka's obviously a big you know yeah she's a favorite, like obviously her Federation. ally. So like that kind of makes more kind of storytelling purpose to have such so the power when those powerful people on Bejor be kind of like. You know, not necessarily, like, she doesn't really, I don't think she just becomes, like, I guess she is a bad guy. I mean, it kind of wavers throughout the series from her being this, from being bad guy and being just kind of more, not necessarily want such one. You know, they kind of waver throughout the series. But yeah, she is, like, that is much more storytelling per- than I think Opaka would have been, because obviously Opaka was, would probably, like, take their, you know, the Sisko's and everybody's side, you know, pretty much in every conflict between them and Bajor.
1: Yeah. I don't like Opaka. She's weird just the way she talks it's just it's just there's something about that like i'm i'm an alien on tv i have to talk like an alien on tv kind of way that she speaks where i don't know like just her accent just it just seems so fake <laughs> yeah she's like uh
2: know, she she's kind of zoned out i don't know
1: yeah the next episode yeah the storyteller this is um, this is Rangel favorite you, episode. Yeah, this right is my you favorite episode, plot. The Storyteller.
2: All right, The Storyteller. Uh, so O'Brien and Bashir travel to Bajor for some reason <laughs> and a village there. I, I I think for a medical emergency. Yeah. O'Brien doesn't want to go, but he gets dragged along with with Bashir. And uh they get there. And the only person for this medical emergency that's actually in any danger is the old man who is something called the Syrah of the village. Basically, every night or every year, it's not totally clear. Um, I think it's every year. Every year or every night, if you don't defeat it, a (laughs) mean cloud called the Dalrock comes (laughs) and shoots a beam at the village uh, unless everyone can unite their hearts and, and yell and go shoo shoo Dall rock shoo shoo and then it'll go away uh, <laughs> anyway, so this old man, the Sirah, is dying and uh, he's the one who leads the town in, in their fighting off the Dall rock, he for whatever reason uh, selects O'Brien as his successor, O'Brien doesn't know what's going on and uh, a- antics ensue.
1: Really just some fantastic antics.
2: Something happens on yeah. the station, too, but I don't remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, the, the thing that's happening on the station, the the B-plot, is two other Bajoran factions, the Navat and the Paku, uh, are having a Bless dispute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are having a dispute, and the representatives from the Navat and Paku come to DS9 to negotiate with Cisco who is trying to resolve their land their like land disagreement and the the leader of the Paku I think is some teenage girl who Nog and Jake become horny for and <laughs> that's the, that's the B plot of the episode and I, I think the A plot the The mean cloud, got to give it up for the Dalrock as <laughs> he's really the star of the show.
2: Yeah, he's um, it's it's an it's an impressive piece of movie TV show
1: magic. <laughs> the Dalrock. I mean, they have to make the cloud go in in the forward direction, and they also reverse the, the, the footage of the cloud when it's being defeated. Yes, of course it's. It's as far as special effects in the show go. It's probably right up there with the uh, thousands of Starfleet ships battling thousands of Dominion ships, in terms of how cool it looks.
0: Apparently, the Dalrock put the episode over budget. That's a uh, you know that but that... it was worth it. Yeah, it
2: was completely worth it for the the. Funny screen cap of O'Brien
0: standing there with the Dalrock. Yeah. They had to <laughs> cancel to, to make for budget, they had to cancel um they were gonna do a crossover of next gen, you know, with everybody from both casts meeting each other and fighting the Borg and the Grombulins <laughs> at once, but like they had to cancel it. You know, it was either that or the Dalrock, and I think they went with the right decision.
1: Yeah. I agree. What is this thing anyway, the Dalrock, like it. Uh, uh, is, is, they is, don't is, it, is it,
0: They say it's like. I missed it the first couple times, too. It's like the. Well, I guess. The, the Shire? What's it called again? The,
2: the
0: Shire? The old guy? It's some.
2: The, the Syrah? Syrah, yeah. They live in the Shire.
0: I guess he has, like, um, <laughs> access to, like, a. I think they say it's like a frad pickup one of the Bajoran orbs. Uh,
2: Which
1: is weird, because that seems like a major thing. The, the whole thing seems like a major thing. Like, I. Yeah. I, I, I do I, like the fact that they that they show lots of different sides of the Bajorans because you know, on Earth we got lots of different cultures here, right? You know, like we got Americans, we got Australians, we got British people. Yeah, Canadians. Canadians. And, you know, it makes sense that on Bajor they would have different cultures too. But like you'd think that that this like evil cloud thing who is you know it's obviously related to a fragment of the of an orb. Like, why isn't this thing like famous across the entire planet?
2: Yeah, you think the the Cardassians kind of just like got to this village and then they found out about the rock and they're they just like left it alone. They're just like, <laughs> yeah. this is too much for us. Whatever, you guys. You, should have used it like- you guys are spared the occupation.
0: Maybe <laughs> use the rock to kill the Cardassians. <sighs> I don't,
2: no, see, I don't, I don't know, know. that's what I'm confused, okay, yeah, look, I get they're trying to show, and this is probably like one of their plans, it's like, okay, well, we're right here next to this planet, so we have to like, get as much ground as we can out of Bajor, and show all this different stuff about Bajor, but it, it begins to not really make sense when you think about it, because like, okay, there's this little village that has this weird cultural thing, and and you know also in this episode there's the other two like factions that are part of the B plot so it's a very or heavy episode but <laughs> but it doesn't really make sense because they they for all intents the and purposes seem to be a monoculture they all have the same religion like, yeah they they all like pretty much seem to like dress the same and they all. Yeah, I I just, I don't buy it. (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't buy that they're, that on this, like, yeah, they just got out of 90 years of, of Cardassian rule, but, like, they seem like it's still, like, a pretty advanced
1: society. Yeah, they clearly have, like, something like the internet, where they, you know, they have, like, a, you know, a large computer network over the whole planet that they can just instantly transfer data and, and stuff like that, like why doesn't this village have the internet and why isn't it famous on social media for having the Dalrock? You yeah, know? Th- this is something that would be like, oh, this is the new planet we landed on this week, except they
2: put it on Bajor. Yeah, actually it originally yeah. was.
0: Like, Mary Alpha. It was, I guess, written for the next gen. I, think, I guess it was written back for the first season of next gen, so it had been sitting around for a while.
2: I can't imagine why.
0: <laughs> yeah, it does seem like something like it would have this isn't really a compliment, I guess, but I guess it does seem like it would have fit in with the next first season of Next Gen. Yeah. You know, it would have fit in alongside with Wesley on the Justice Planet. Wes- Wesley's being yeah. put to death because he broke a fence and the planet where women rule. Yeah, it's it just, it's so dumb. You know, like... I, yeah, I mean, like you guys said, that's kind of reason I liked it because I like and it's something I kind of wish they had done, they hadn't, like, largely pretty much kind of like um, given up was like the idea like because unlike the ever, because it's true they had an opportunity because of the setting they could have made Bajor like a very explored planet I kind of like wish they would have kept with like we see like more different sides of Bajor and different cultures and different types and which you know and obviously you know obviously how happy with the series you know we got you know and obviously you know I like they the direction they went with like focusing more on like the galaxy-wide with, like, the Dominion and everything. But still, I think it was, like, kind of a missed opportunity to kind of, like, really, like... Because, obviously, with most planets, we're only going to be there for an episode, you know? So yeah. they really could have, like, made... They did have an opportunity with Bajor to really explore it and get make it, like... And make it a well-defined planet that we really can't do on any of the ever series.
1: Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff that I kind of wish that I would have seen from the series about Bajor. Or, like, you know, maybe a map. Like, did they ever show a map of the the continents on the on the planet, or... They just
2: talk about the Rakantha province a lot. <laughs>
0: yeah. Is there a map, like did this. they ever, like... I think, maybe they made one for, like, just... one of to be a grad, just, like, on the background, on, the like, a computer screen somewhere.
1: Uh, they probably or, like, have it somewhere. For, yeah,
0: I imagine they made one, probably... They may have made... I think... Yeah, they may have made one, like, behind the scenes, at least, purposes. But, yeah, but, like, I... It also probably, because, like... You know, obviously like not having a map means you can kinda of, like gives you more latitude to create if you have an episode idea that like needs like oh ba- like an archipelago and like something it helps if you don't have a map, so if that wasn't there, you can just it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, the the so the Dalrock, you know, like it it just the whole thing kinda of bugged me. Like why why does Bajor get both the Prophets and the Dalrock? You know, so well, I mean, they like, like
2: the prophets too. It's not a separate because because the guy says or the Sarah says, "I'm in the hands of the prophets." I did catch that, so it's not yeah. like they're like they're not even like a cult, really.
0: They're they're they're, they're just yeah. They, so, and plus, it's like a, a thing for the drawing orb. So yeah, they're still like it's like I guess it's like Christianity. It's like you know, it's like maybe there's like I mean, there's like a church. There's like you know, obviously Christianity that's broken down to like Catholicism, and then there's a and then the Protestants was like. All these different sects, so maybe they're, like a weird, like sect that everyone else kind of like, but all the Ereborians kind of look on like, yeah, those guys are kind of like how we look like, we look on like some like stream like, yeah, Christian churches. They're, they, they're,
1: they're, these are just like the Dalrockitarians.
0: Yeah, and they do say like the Dalrock. I guess it's create. Yeah, I guess he create. They say the Dalrock was created from their, Like, I guess it's like a psychic. Thing, protected from all their worries, their anxieties. Because I guess the thing was that they all
2: hated each other's guts. There was fighting, <laughs> so they so they had to come together and unify. Yeah, I and guess they just, it gives them like they enemy. go through the
1: cycle every year where they just start to hate each other's guts. <laughs> Only like,
2: this village has that yeah. problem. <laughs> they should really just like
1: move. Yeah, just split up. Like go somewhere else. Everyone just you know move in with your family over and recant the province, it, it's fine, you know?
0: Yeah, well, uh, well I, I just want to say about that, the A-plot, B-plot, I feel like they're fairly even in how much screen time they get. It's like, I feel like yeah, if it wasn't like the title of the story wasn't the storyteller, and I guess also because it has more special effects, I wouldn't be sure that which one to call the A-plot and which one to call the B-plot, because we yeah, we do spend a lot of time... I think, I don't know. I mean, you would have to go back with a timer, I guess, to be sure. But I feel like we spend, the two plots get a pretty similar amount of time.
1: Yeah. I really like the part where Nog fills up Odo's bucket with oatmeal <laughs> yeah. and then tricks Jake, dumps it on him.
0: Yeah, I like it's pretty good. Nog has a weird laugh. Have you guys, it's like just laughing. It's like, I don't know if he does all the time, but he it seems like he has this laugh where he does where he's just like, he's like, oh, I should laugh. And he's like, ha, 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 ha.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's just, like, a, some kind of weird Ferengi stage laugh. I guess he just, I don't know if it seems, I mean, I don't know if this kid knows how to laugh on purpose. I think It probably sounds weird any time anyone tries to laugh on purpose.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's, like, supposed to be, like, oh, that's how, yeah, I, was, I guess I'm not sure if that's how he's supposed to laugh. I'm trying to remember if we ever hear him laugh in a way that's not like that. Or because it sounds, like, kind of weird, like, he's laughing, like, he feels, oh. A lot of times, like, the way he's, it sounds, like, he's, like... Feels like he's in an awkward situation. He's just laughing in the hope of, like, breaking it up. Like, oh, I was just joking. Like, well, I guess it kind of, yeah. because I had just seen the episode, the season three F where he and Nog, he and Jake go on the double date, and he screws it up by, like, calling the his date stupid and saying, demanding she chew his food. And he does, like, a similar <laughs> thing there of, like, laugh, of doing, like, a laugh, couple times laughs when it's... He, finds out he says something that's bad
2: well Nog has kind of a stilted way of talking anyway I think it just goes along with that he's, yeah it's he's kind of awkward like he's always kind of uh, he's he, he that's that's the voice he puts on for Nog it, it fits for me
1: yeah yeah I like the fact that he, that he that Nog was the one who gave the girl good advice and
2: yeah you know, the Ferengi teaches her a Ferengi thing and it works it's a good thing.
1: Yeah, to, to look at the situation like it's an opportunity rather than a, than a problem. Is that the
0: first yeah. time this, hap- this has happened? Like, where a Ferengi advice turns out... To be... Has that happened before? I think so. Um, I don't know if it happens in the, any- again. In the, in the in the move-along
2: home, Quark Cork, Cork is, is vetting. He's like, no, trust me, I know all about these games. And then it seems like it's going to come out like that. Like, Quark's going to save the day by knowing about... Uh, gambling, and it, it doesn't. <laughs> so yeah, I think it is the first time.
0: Oh, I guess we should mention this is the first um O'Brien Bashir app.
2: Oh yeah, they they kind of established they kind of established their friendship here. Uh, O'Brien clearly uh, hates Bashir a lot at the start of the episode and I think he still he still does
1: at the end but less so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I don't really think so. <laughs> I don't think he starts hating him.
1: Less. Yeah, it doesn't seem like any progress uh, is made. No during... progress
2: is made. It's just established that O'Brien hates Bashir. It's a slow burn.
1: That's how that's that's how you really want anyway. Anytime there's a burn, you want it to be slow. Right. You don't you don't want a fast burn. There, there was just so much of the Dalrock plot that just, it, it just seemed so, it just didn't make any sense to me. Like, that the, the scene where the knifey guy, like, wants O'Brien dead and, like, tries to stab him, it just seemed like he was, like, not even really trying at all to, to kill him. I don't know. They forgive they forgive him really fast.
2: Yeah, they just seem... They're like, wait... Oh, you said you're supposed to be the real Sorok. Well, then, that's fine. You were trying to murder us.
0: <laughs> I think O'Brien right. is, like, so desperate to get out that it's, like, that outweighs, like, the idea that, oh, hey, this guy can take my job outweighs the fact that this guy just tried to kill him. Yeah.
1: Uh, still, that doesn't make any sense. Why don't we, they try to, like, leave? Yeah, just
0: get out are, of there. I they, can like, get,
2: they can get to the station and probably, like,
0: yeah. I don't know... 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, i If that? I think the idea is not supposed to be like, oh, how are they going to escape? Because, like, I think, I mean, if they didn't, like, really, I mean, eventually, like, Cisco and the Evers are going to, like, you know, call and say, hey, what's taking you guys so long? So I don't think it's really, like, you know, these guys can't really, like, make them stay, but I think they, O'Brien and Dushir, they didn't want to leave without, like, making sure they're going to be okay and that the Doll Rock, I think they want to make sure that they're going to be okay with the Doll Rock first.
1: Well, they, they've been okay for the, with the Delrock for thousands of years or whatever. But that's because they had a... A Syrah? Yeah,
0: a Syrah. Now the Syrah is dead, yeah. so... Yeah, but yeah. You, you...
2: I mean, this is applying logic to the show that that's not fair to a... But, I mean, can they go to, like, the Bajoran authorities and say, Hey, do you guys know you have this village where a monster comes every year? <laughs> like, a mean cloud comes... <laughs> You might want to look into that.
0: Oh, it yeah. Just, An old man yells at cloud. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That is like the beginning of the episode. Or the first Syrah. Yeah. When the old guy's Syrah.
2: I like uh, I like uh, O'Brien's like, when he's being <laughs> the Syrah, like he's really bad at it. He's like, uh, um, once upon a time, <laughs> there was a mean uh, cloud that came. Uh, but the village was was really powerful, really really great, like and he's just totally bombing. Like poor O'Brien. It's like bombing at a open open mic night.
1: I mean, to be fair, I I, I think I think I'd probably bomb too, if I was up there in front of the Dalrock. Seems pretty scary.
0: You're a cloud, you're a cloud. Oh, shocks shocks you, it shocks you, doesn't it? That's not gonna bring them together. It might scare the Dalrock away. Do you guys fake that? In the season five, like when they, um, you know how the prophets, instead of like the prophets making it so that the Hadar fleet can't get, Dominion can't get through the wormhole, they went down and got the Dalrok to destroy the fleet and save everyone. You think that would have been better?
1: <laughs> I think, I think the Dalrok is probably capable of doing that.
0: Yeah, because it could have been like, it could have been like Godzilla and have him gradually go from a, to prote- and have him gradually become like a protector monster.
2: Oh, yeah. very interesting. Yes. And like he could fight like the um, crystalline entity. <laughs> That'd be cool. And
0: that that jelly monster, that jellyfish monster that fought the Enterprise with mom. Yeah. Oh,
2: and the 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 manta ray that came out of of uh, Vash's space egg.
0: Yeah.
2: And those like That could be like the moth. here. Oh, and those figure. Yeah.
0: And those giant you could Just do a whole other show.
2: Yeah. One that's much more appealing to us uh, kaiju heads. Yeah,
0: Star Trek kaiju. I'm thinking about, like, how many kaiju have been in Star Trek. There's those de- um, of jellyfishes in um, the pilot of Next Gen. That's what, like, Farpoint Station turned out to be.
1: I mean, there's, there's like, the, the giant thing that eats Voyager. There's, uh... Oh, I haven't seen it up. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess giant monsters aren't really something that Oh, there was, like, in the original series, there was, like, much. um,
0: they, like, I think it was, like, one of the first apps they, they were, like, stranded on a planet, and there was, like, these giant eight cavemen monsters that were gonna, like, throw rock, they were throwing rocks at them or something.
1: I never saw that. Oh, it was, like, an early, well, I
0: did, I did watch
2: that one, yes, you're right, there's, they're, they're, like, in the, the clouds all the time,
0: but, yeah, they just, like, throw rocks, and they all die one by one. I feel like Monsters would probably be the original series, like, the most, would be the most, since I think that's, like, the time was made when that was, like, still a big, I think it was, like, a bigger part of science fiction than it is now. Just like, oh, people, I think people thought, like, oh, science fiction is gonna have, like, a big monster in it.
1: I like big monsters. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta band together to defeat them, you gotta tell the right story so it can leave you alone. I, I, I get, I guess they were trying to say
2: some kind of thing about, like, I don't know if they were trying to say like like something about like uh, narratives and storytelling and culture, like. Uh, but it it kind of just ends up seeming like they need to get read a bedtime story because they're scared of the dark. Just, just a kind of a flimsy
1: concept all around.
2: But w- one of the most memorable though.
1: To yeah, I agree. To me, agree. One yeah.
2: of the most memorable Deep Space Nine.
1: I guess uh, Michael Pillar says. I had this script on my desk for three years and I bring it out every season. I say, should we do this script this year? Everybody reads it and they say, let's not do it. They just don't like it. I needed some shows and I needed to put some things into development. And I guess that's his excuse for why he developed it. He just, he he needed some shows. Inspirational tale. It doesn't doesn't really, like, it seems really weird to me that you're going to decide to make a whole new show... And, like, you, you're like, okay, let's, let's make a new Star Trek spinoff. And some of, the, some of the earliest episodes of it end up being really bad recycled scripts from previous shows. It, it, that, there's just something about that, that. Like, doesn't even... Like, would that even happen now? Like, wouldn't you think that they're going off on this idea to, to build, like, a whole new story, a whole new, whole new cast, characters, everything... Like why? Why probably. wouldn't they just? I think probably not in the age of serialization. Yeah, but like I bet that's
2: going on in like NCIS into NCIS LA into NCIS New Orleans. That's true. I'm sure there's some scripts getting passed around those shows, which is closer to what Star Trek is yeah, than that makes like sense. today's most modern shows i'm sure like yeah they came up with a new show but like all that all that work was like you know like the setting the characters like not here's what's happening week by week right
0: yeah and also i think like you may have like situation where i mean you'd love to have like you know they had to make like 20 apps for the first season i'm sure like he loved to be in a case where he has 20 really good workable ideas but like probably that's like often yeah, not the case yeah that's seasons were get, pretty long yeah you just need to like get it's like more important you just have like an idea rather than like to make sure it's like the best one i do like the idea like i have the image of like every year like the you know the first day of like the next generation season he said okay guy he brings it out like get Stupa, let's do the let's do the cloud story come <laughs> on i think it's time
1: <laughs> yeah they say they constantly say no for seven years they, they, oh, maybe it's not seven. How how long is it until they Bruce, start season we did one? It would been six
0: years. Okay. Of, yeah.
1: This episode marks the first appearance of Odo's bucket.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, my favorite character,
2: Odo's bucket. Did they invent it just for that gag, or did they,
1: they mention it? No, they talked about it before, I think. Oh yeah. Odo's bucket, also referred to as a pail, was an object that Odo used to store himself when he had to revert to his natural gelatinous state to regenerate.
0: Did they ever say how long he has to remain in the States? I know they it, say how is, often he does, but they don't say, like, how long does he have... That's true of all... Like... I think
1: the, the length of the day, isn't it like a 26-hour day on the station? Yeah, it's something longer. So he's, like, sleeping for, like, 10 hours. <laughs> That's a pretty good night of sleep. I'm assuming he feels refreshed every day. So the next episodes are Progress and If Wishes Were Horses. I don't really remember those episodes, to be honest.
0: Progress is the one with, um, the old... Kira has to get that old guy to, like, leave his gardens or whatever so they can build, like, a... I don't know, they get the energy or something. Some, and then, um, Wish for Horse is the it, one with, um... Rumpelstiltskin
2: and Torments, O'Brien's Family. <laughs> <Buck, laughs>
0: yeah, and also Buck Bakai and, like, um, Bimbo Jadzia.
1: <laughs> I, I don't remember that at all. That sounds That sounds like it's gonna be good.
0: It's 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 a one. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin is played by the guy from um, Twin Peaks, like the dwarf. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Thanks for listening. Join us n- next time when we'll discuss progress and if wishes were horses. Goodbye. Bye.